Hi everyone, welcome to church. Yeah, just want to start off in prayer. Father God, we thank you that there is nowhere we can go where we can escape from your presence. No matter if we roam far across the oceans, you were there. Lord, I thank you that right now you are here, you are with us. Whoever is listening right now, Lord God, I pray that your presence would be so tangible to them. You are Emmanuel, God with us. And that is the truth that will never change. So Lord God, we fix our eyes on you. Lord, we want to glorify you always. No matter what is happening around us, Lord God, I pray that right now every single distraction, every quarreling thought, every burden would be cast at your feet. Yeah, I feel that people need to surrender. Surrender that right now. I see stones being being dropped at Jesus' feet. Place the stones there. Place the heavy weights there. He wants to take them from you. He wants to carry your burdens because he cares for you. So, Lord God, we choose to worship you today in spirit and in truth. We magnify your name, Jesus. In your mighty name, amen. There is a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe As he walks into the room Where people pray Where we hear praises He hears faith There is a sound There is a sound I love to hear It's the sound of the Savior's robe As he walks into the room Where people pray Where we hear praises He hears faith Sing away
is a sound that changes things The sound of his people on their knees Awake up, you slumbering It's time to worship him Awake my soul and sing Sing his praise aloud Sing his praise aloud
crushing in the pressing you are making new wine in the soil I now surrender you are breaking new ground so I yield to you into trust you I don't need to understand so make me a vessel make me an offering make me whatever you want me to be oh I came here with nothing but all you have given me In the crushing, in the pressing, you are making new wine in the soil, and in the soil I now surrender, you are breaking new wine in the crushing, in the crushing. You are making me wild And in the soil I now surrender You are breaking new ground Oh, you are You are breaking Where there is new wine, there is new power, there is new freedom, and the kingdom is here. I lay down my old flames to carry your new fire today. Ooh, where, where there is new There is new power. There
This is a surprise to you. What's happening right now in the world, it's not a surprise. What's happening in our personal lives, it's not a surprise. Lord God, your word says that we will undergo trial and tribulation, but fear not, for I have overcome the world. Peace I leave with you, peace I give unto you. So Lord God, would your perfect peace Guard our hearts and our minds as we trust in you. Lord, that we would trust in you. Not trusting in what we can see, Lord God. I pray for deposits of greater faith, Lord God. Of greater faith to have the hope and confidence in the things that are yet to come. Lord God, we know the good story that you are victorious. So Lord, I just pray that you would comfort every single person who is undergoing trials at work, trials of losing their jobs, trials of not being able to worship together. Lord, whatever the trial is, you know trials well, Lord. You know better 
than anyone else. You underwent every single trial and tribulation and you overcame and conquered it all. So Lord God, I pray that we would find rest in you, that you go before us and you make the way straight. Yes, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would comfort all who are mourning right now. And Lord God, I just pray that where there is division, you would bring unity unity. Lord God, give us the eyes to see each other rightly. Lord, give us the eyes to see each other how you see them. None of us can cast a stone, Lord. Only you, Lord Jesus, are worthy and righteous enough, yet you do not condemn. So Lord, I just pray that the stones would be dropped. Lord, I pray that we would see each other rightly. I pray that we would keep ourselves clothed in your love, in your grace, in your humility, in your patience, Lord God, and that we would never take it off. Let us never take that off. Let us wage war through prayer and petition, Lord God. I just pray for unity across the whole body of Christ. We are all adopted as children. Let us love our brothers and sisters well. Yeah, come, Lord God. We need your love. Yeah, I just pray that we would receive your word today with soft hearts, not fueled hearts ready to yeah wage war but Lord let us let us wage war in different ways yeah just um, pray your blessing over the message this morning and pray that people would find new hope new wine where they have been weary strengthen us Lord your word says come to me all you who are weary and I will give you rest so I pray, Lord God, that we'd enter into your rest. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Lani. Today's word is regarding a season of perseverance, which I believe we are in now second peter chapter 1 verse 5 to 9 says but also for this very reason giving all diligence add to your faith virtue to virtue knowledge to knowledge self-control to self-control perseverance to perseverance godliness to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you'll be neither barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. So, Father, I thank you for your word to us today. 
May it strike our hearts open. May it bring change and transformation in our lives and make us more like Jesus. Amen. So in this this word of encouragement, we see perseverance comes right after self-control and right before godliness. So as praying uh, this week, I believe this is a season where God would encourage us to persevere, to keep going, and to encourage ourselves in his promises that have been spoken over our lives. Even though there may be hindrances uh, to those promises right now, this is a time we need to persevere uh, in faith, knowing that he will bring to completion that which he's promised over our lives. Because God is faithful, uh, we can persevere in our faith uh, to completion. Perseverance is important for us, uh, not only in, in life, in all practical uh, ways, but also spiritual perseverance uh, is, is something that we all need to have, and we need to get in order uh, to enter into a life of godliness. Um, our mentor, the Lord Jesus Christ, never gave up. He persevered and he considered the goal uh, of his earth walk worthy to persevere through all hindrances and trials. And we know his goal that was set before him was his bride, was you and I. And our goal, as we're going to look into later, is him. Our goal is Jesus. So Jesus' goal was us, and our goal is him. Jesus' goal was his bride, but the bride's goal is a bridegroom. And when Jesus had his eyes upon that goal, he was able to persevere. So that's a secret for us. But concerning uh, seasons, we are encouraged to discern the time that we are in right now. Uh, because if we don't discern the time, we may not know how to behave and during this time. So in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1, to everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. And this time right now is a time to persevere. Um, dictionary tells us uh, perseverance is a continued effort to do or achieve something despite difficulties, failure or opposition. A continued effort to do or to achieve something despite uh, difficulties, failure or opposition. In Ecclesiastes 3, 
we see that to everything there is a season under heaven, and it speaks about uh, there's a time to plant, there's a time to harvest, there's a time uh, to kill and a time to heal. And, you know, we could be uh, plucking up the grain if we don't discern the right season uh, before it's fully grown. And we could be killing when we should be healing. <laughs> we could be pulling down when we should be building up. That's why we need, to, we need discernment in these days like never before. Why? Because when I look around and hear uh, the brethren speaking, the body of Christ, many voices, I can see some are speaking out of season. How do I know that? Because what they're speaking is not bringing forth fruit in their life fruit unto godliness, or in the lives who hear those voices. So before you speak, whether on social media or in your own private uh, conversation with your friends, discern whether you should be speaking. And verse 7, Ecclesiastes 3, 7 says, There is a time to tear and a time to sow. I believe... This is a time to sow. How do we sow? We sow in righteousness. We sow in prayer. And I, I personally realize that the church now, this is a time for us to sow in prayer. It's not a time for us to act. And for most of us, not all of us, but for most of, it, it's, most of us, it's a time to keep silence. Because when we keep silent, God can speak. Sometimes if our voice is too loud, then nobody can hear what God has to say. But when we sow in prayer, God can work. We release the hand of God on the earth. And this is a time when we don't have the solutions, but God does in the world today. When I look around the world today, um, just reminded of the trouble in Afghanistan at the moment, there's not a lot we can do by speaking out against these problems, but there is much we can do in prayer. And this is a time to press into God. Um, so uh, this is a time uh, to love. It's not a time to hate. And uh, it's not a time to gather stones and throw stones at one another. <laughs> it's a time to embrace one another. This is a time uh, for the church to be unified in prayer. But I don't see unity in the church. I see brethren picking up stones and throwing them at one another uh, instead of coming together in unity to pray against the enemy and uh, to fight a battle which can only be fought in the spirit. Uh, so this is a time where we need to demonstrate love to one another, not division. Uh, because uh, a lot of the words that are spoken at the moment are not bringing forth fruit and they're just creating frustration. So if you've been guilty of that, stop it. <laughs> if you've been speaking too much, zip it up. <laughs> Ask the Lord to forgive you for 
idle words and words that have brought uh, accusations and criticism, uh, not only to the church but also government authorities. Um, if we missed the time to speak, it's too late. doesn't matter how, how loud you yell. So I believe the church, God wants his church to demonstrate his power, the power of God. Jesus accomplished everything for us on the cross. He accomplished healing for us before he went to the cross. The Bible tells us by his stripes we were healed. But the church has not demonstrated the power of God to the world. So whose fault is that? Is it God's fault? Is it the government's fault? And I believe as a church leader, I need to take responsibility for that. And God has given us a responsibility to share what he has accomplished uh, in his earth walk with those that are, that are in need. So this is a season where the church uh, needs to demonstrate the power of God, not demonstrate political agendas. Unfortunately, uh, when coronavirus started ravaging the world, the government was unaware of the power of the blood of Jesus because we haven't made it known. We haven't made it clear. Unlike the early church, uh, when the shadow of Peter was able to bring healing to all those who were sick, they brought them out into the streets and the shadow of those who walked with Jesus passed over those sick and they were healed. Unfortunately, we, the church is no longer, although there has been uh, elements and certain victories that we've gained in our lives, there has been elements of a display of power in small pockets throughout the world and I'm so grateful for that and I'm so grateful for uh, experiencing some of the healing power of the Lord. Uh, but we are not walking in the power that Jesus spoke about as a church, as a body of Christ around the world globally. Not all of us are appropriating the power that is in the blood of Jesus. Therefore, uh, when, when sickness strikes, uh, the world's first point of call is not the church. Sad to say. But the uh, medical body has come up with its, its own solutions to the sickness. So as a church, uh, it's a little bit hypocritical that we criticize those in the world for going to the only solution that they know when we have failed to demonstrate a better solution. So this is a, not the time for us to criticize, but this is a time for us to dive deep into God's presence and ask him to reveal what his solution is so that we would be 
are part of the solution to the world's problems, not only now but in the future days to come. We believe that God's Spirit uh, is, is longing to be poured out on this world in a greater portion um, so that the next attack of the enemy, and there will be future attacks, global attacks from the enemy, and this is why we as the church, not only we need to enjoy divine healing for our own life, but we need to be able to demonstrate it. And there's no excuse. And uh, if we are to criticize those who are bringing uh, a solution in the best way they know, we should also be able to walk through a hospital and bring healing to those who are sick. That, that, is, that is our mandate. That is the responsibility that Jesus left us with. So it's a time for us to persevere in his promises. James chapter 1 verse 4, Let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. The perfection there is speaking about the perfection of Christ, the perfection of Jesus. He is the perfect one. In order to... Uh, to find him, to find Jesus, we must persevere, and that involves patience, so that we will be complete and not lack anything. So we, we are encouraged to continue and to be steadfastly consistent. In the Amplified Version, James 1.4, it says, Let endurance have its perfect result and do a thorough work so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. So the Lord has not given up on his church, even though we may have failed in some areas. He loves his bride, he loves his church, and he's going to bring us to a place of completeness. But we must persevere through this season because God is going to bring us out in victory. So let endurance have its perfect result. What's a perfect result of endurance? Christ-likeness. That is our goal. A thorough work, body, soul and spirit, so that you may be perfect and completely developed in your faith, lacking nothing. So it's not once saved, always saved. Our Christian life, it's a progress, it's a development. We're, we are growing day by day into the image and the stature of the fullness of Christ. In the Weist uh, version, James chapter 1, verse 3, knowing experientially that the approving of your faith, that faith having been put to the test... For the purpose of being approved. So testing is important to see if what we have is real. And having met the test has been approved. That, it, that this approving process produces a patience which bears up and does not lose heart or courage under trials. But be allowing the aforementioned patience to be having its complete work 
in order that you may be spiritually mature and complete in every detail, lacking nothing. So perseverance and patience through trials brings spiritual maturity and completeness in every detail. So there are details in our lives that can only be worked out through trials. But you may not be aware of those details. And quite often in a trial, we complain and, and um, we ask the question why we don't understand. That's because we are little children growing up uh, into the fullness of Christ. And our Heavenly Father, who loves us very much, uh, needs to discipline us, needs to correct us. And the way he does that is through allowing us to go through trials. But our responsibility as we're going through trials, as we're going through difficulties, is to apply uh, patience and perseverance. If we do that, the Lord will be able to work in us. And he will bring us to spiritual maturity. We want to be spiritual mature sons and daughters. That's why we need to discern the season. And I spoke last, last week and have over the last few weeks about discerning the season. Is this a time to, to make declarations of faith or is it a time to accept correction from a loving father? Because we can faith our way out of a season of correction. If we faith our way out of a season of correction, we will not grow to spiritual maturity. That's why discernment is important. Discernment is slowing down and hearing the voice of the Father. Yeah. Oswald Chambers said, Perseverance is more than endurance. It is endurance combined with absolute assurance. And certainty that what we are looking for is going to happen. Philippians 1.6 Being confident of this very thing, he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So endurance uh, speaks about human strengths. Perseverance speaks about dependency on Christ in that regard, that he who began a good work will complete it. So be encouraged. He began a good work and God never starts something that he doesn't finish. The fact that he started in your life, the fact that he pulled you out of the horrible, miry pit of sin and, and delivered you and cleansed you and made you whole, the fact that he did that shows that he's going to bring you uh, to completion just have to allow him to continue working in our lives just continue to humble yourself under his mighty hand and let him let him build you up like a brick uh, in the building Jesus said I will build my church he's the master builder if he's the builder then we are nothing but bricks he's the master builder the bricklayer uh, in this analogy, so I would encourage you just to be a brick. Be a brick 
in his house. Be planted in his house. And just allow him to put cement all around you and cover you with his grace and plant you in the wall of his house where you will remain forever. Don't be discouraged. Don't be critical of the other bricks. Just remain. Just remain in his house. He's building his church. Don't run here and there. Don't worry. He's building his church and he's using you to establish it. So abiding in Christ in this season is important. It's a season of perseverance. And uh, the prophet Micah spoke about a time, Micah chapter 4 verse 1, that it was going to come to pass in the last days that the mountain of the Lord's house shall be established on top of the mountains and shall be exalted above the hills and the people shall flow into it, flow to it. This is uh, the promise of God regarding the last day's church. And it's frustrating. You know, I myself struggled uh, with being shut down. I myself struggle with being told you can't meet together. And even before that, told you can meet but you can't sing. <laughs> and you have to wear a mask. <laughs> and you can't meet, you know, where you want and do what you want. I struggled with that. And I found, you know, this, this willingness to fight. But I, I am reminded of God's promise in the last days that the church would be a place where the, the people of the world flow to uh, for their issues. This is God's word. This is God's promise that he's raising up his church. That will be a hospital for the sick. That will be a place of education for the uneducated. That the church will be a place of provision for those who are needy, those who are hungry. The church, God is raising up his church. And it's frustrating at the moment that we see churches in the, nat in the natural close, but spiritually the church is open. And we are his church and he's going to establish it. So this is a season we need to, to persevere with his promise that one day soon his kingdom is going to be established on top of the mountains. And we can see now the world is just getting more frustrated as they look for solutions. Solution. They, they, the world is longing for a solution. They're doing the best they can to find a solution outside Christ. But everywhere they look, disappointment and frustration comes. The world is setting it. God is setting this world up for the return of Christ. The saviour of the world. The one who's going to come and establish peace and prosperity on this earth. So Philippians 3, 13, 14. 
Brothers and sisters, I do not consider that I have made it my own yet. But one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and reaching forward to what lies ahead. So the goal is greater than the opposition to achieve that goal. That's why Paul says, in order to obtain that goal, I have to forget the opposition. I have to focus on the goal, not on the opposition. Because the goal is greater than the opposition. What is the goal? Verse 14, the heavenly prize of the call of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus is a heavenly prize. He is the goal. And as we put our eyes on Jesus, we will not be distracted by lesser things. But if we take our eyes off him, if we take our eyes off the goal, we will be distracted. So you only see the obstacles uh, when you take your eyes off the goal. So even in a practical sense, and I learnt perseverance through my work and as a landscaper, I learnt to persevere through hot sun and hard ground in order to achieve a beautiful garden. And it required effort, determination to dig the ground, whether building a wall, digging a trench through hard ground in hot sun to pour concrete footing uh, to build the wall. But I had to learn to overcome the hindrances in my work to achieve an outcome to achieve a goal. And I, I learned very quickly when I had my own business that the more I complained and stood around about the task, the less uh, money I made at the end of the day. So I learned that by head down, tail up, work hard, employ effort, self-discipline and perseverance that I was to achieve a lot more. At the end of the day. So whatever your goal, we need to learn perseverance. Whether your goal, uh, <clears throat> if you're a songwriter, the goal, your goal should not be to write a song, but your goal should be to see the joy of people encountering God at the end of the day. Uh, if you're a student in school or university, your goal should not be to achieve good results, but your goal should be further than that. Your goal should be uh, to help people through your profession or to be the hand of God, to bring solutions to people's problems on the earth. So the, the sacrifice that we make is worth 
the goal. That's why we, before we start out, we have to consider what is my goal in doing this. And I have to say, in Christian life, uh, the sacrifice of praise is, is definitely worth the goal of his presence. And if we don't praise God during trials, we won't get his presence. We won't abide with him. If we complain, if we get critical during a time of trial, uh, we, we don't invite his presence into our lives. So the goal of prayer is, is kingdom advancement and the goal uh, of preaching the gospel is the eternal reward that Jesus is worthy of, that is souls, souls of men and women, those that he, he loves very much. So in order to achieve the goal, uh, we, we need to apply perseverance. And we persevere uh, through focusing on Jesus. So it all comes back to him, focusing on him. But we see anything that hinders the goal of God in this world, uh, any hindrance that, that you come across, is, they're, only, they're actually only small things. Most of the things, the opposition that you face are actually very small and they are surface level things. That's why God encourages us to, to climb higher and to go deeper. So most opposition is just on this earth. It's earthbound. That's why when we go into prayer with God, we go deeper and we go higher in Him. And during this time, in the time of uh, opposition, the time of hindrances, we encourage just to go deeper with the Lord. And yeah, we, we can see many cases of, of men and women of God that persevered uh, through obstacles to achieve a goal uh, in the Bible. And, and Noah was one of those guys that persevered through a lot of opposition and he built the boat <laughs> and received criticism and opposition his whole life. But his goal was to preserve mankind on the earth. Through his sacrifice, through laying down his life for that purpose, to build a boat, mankind was saved through his family. He's a type of the Lord Jesus Christ who sacrificed his life for the salvation of man. Moses also persevered through great opposition and trials. Uh, to bring his people, God's people, into a promised land. That was the goal. But Moses never saw that goal. He never found the promised land himself. He never entered into it. But instead, he entered into God. And he found the presence of God. He, he came to a place in his life where he couldn't enter into the promised land for various reasons. But he was able to achieve something greater than any land on this earth, and that was God's presence. He found the presence of God, and God had to hide him 
in the cleft of a rock, and, and that also speaks to us about Christ. But over in, in Habakkuk, uh, Prophet Habakkuk reminds uh, the nation of Israel that even though you're going through a time of trial now, even though the king of Babylon is coming to overtake you, uh, he reminded them of the vision, Habakkuk 2 verse 3, and he set the goal before them. He said the vision is for yet an appointed time. The vision speaks about the promises. So take courage. Don't be discouraged in this time when you don't see the promises of God being fulfilled right now. They will be. The vision is for yet an appointed time. God's promises, whatever he's spoken to you will come to pass. So be encouraged. God is faithful. It is for an appointed time. At the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. What was the promise that God spoke through Habakkuk? In chapter 2, verse 14, the, the uh, promise was that the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the earth. So be encouraged. The earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord. And this is trying times at the moment because we see this is a time of knowledge. Knowledge is increased but it hasn't brought solutions to the world's problems because people, the general population of the earth is not looking to God. But there's going to come a time when the earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that encouraging? This is going to happen. We are going to see it with our own eyes. So that faith that God has put in your heart, it will be fulfilled an appointed time. And Habakkuk encourages them in verse 17, Although the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit beyond the vines, though the labor of the olive may fail and the fields yield no food, although the flock may be cut off from the fold and there will be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. Why? Because if we rejoice in God, he becomes more important than any earthly thing. And that is how our faith brings us to a point of maturity. Because it's during trial uh, when the things that God has promised, we don't see them revealed before us, but we... We go into faith during that time and that faith becomes a certainty of the promises of God in our lives. And to be able to worship him when everything is going wrong shows the intent of your heart. It shows to the Father that your faith is genuine. When everything is against you, when all natural things are going wild and crazy and you can rejoice in him, then it shows your faith 
is genuine. It's not false. But when you curse man and curse things of God, blame God, then what you have is not yet mature, is not yet come to the fullness of Christ. So this is a season to persevere in what God has spoken into our hearts. In Habakkuk 2.4, we see the just shall live by his faith. So what is it to be just? To be justified is to live by the faith of the Son of God. Not by our own faith. Not by our own ideas, our own good ideas or our own solutions. But Jesus is the solution to the world's problems right now. Jesus is the solution to every little problem that you have and every big problem. In him, we live and move and have our being. The just shall live by his faith. That is, during trials, we live by the faith of the Son of God. But The first part of that verse, Habakkuk 2, 4, uh, he highlights the proud, those who have Pride, those who are led by pride, they cannot uh, come into faith during a time of trial. Behold the, pro- the proud, his soul is not right, but the just. So the proud cannot find justice. God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. That's why it's important uh, during a time of trial, during a time of difficulty to humble yourself. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that he may lift you up in due time. So in closing, I just want us to turn our attention back to the goal, uh, which is Jesus during this season where we need to persevere, it is so paramount, it is so important that we focus on the goal. Some of us have lost focus. We need to refocus on Jesus. Some of us have been distracted. Hebrews 12.1 in the Amplified says, Therefore, since we are surrounded... By such a great cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. Let us run with endurance and active persistence. The race that is set before us, looking away from all that will distract us, And focusing our eyes on Jesus, who is the author and the perfecter of faith. That is the first incentive for our belief and the one who brings our faith to maturity. Who for the joy of accomplishing the goal set before him endured the cross, disregarding the shame And sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, revealing his deity. 
his authority and the completion of his work. So his goal was us. What was the joy set before him that enabled him to go through such opposition? It was you and me. Isn't that comforting? The goal of Jesus was us. And what is our goal? Our goal is him. So Jesus went through anguish of soul and sorrow of soul. As he took upon himself in the Garden of Gethsemane the sins of mankind. He began to experience such deep anguish in his soul. But he endured because of you and me. He considered you and me worthwhile enduring such suffering. And he was whipped. His body was beaten And he gave his back like a field to the plow. His flesh was ripped so that he could accomplish healing in our bodies. The suffering of the whip and the shredding of his skin, he was able to persevere through that because of the healing that he saw happening in his bride. Physical healing in your body and my body was accomplished because Jesus persevered through great pain. Thank you, Jesus. May the Lamb of God receive the reward of his suffering. He carried his cross all the way until... He was unable physically to carry it. But in his mind, he would have kept going. He was assisted uh, to the cross. He was crucified. And he was stripped naked. And he hung there like a criminal for you and I, for the joy that was set before him. The joy of the resurrection. He was able to go through Friday because he knew Sunday was coming. He knew there was a better day. He saw his bride. He went through the opposition. And the writer of Hebrews writes Hebrews to encourage those uh, Jewish believers who were going through much more persecution than what I have ever seen in my life. And they were being persecuted for their faith and they were considering going back to Judaism. But the writer of Hebrews encourages them that you haven't yet suffered like Jesus suffered. So consider him. If you just consider him, then you'll never turn back. Because it's not about you, it's not about your suffering, it's not about the pain. I know some of us are going through trials, some of us, you know, maybe losing jobs, 
Others may be going through trial of sickness. Now we need to consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. You have not yet resisted to bloodshed, striving against sin. But Jesus resisted to bloodshed. And the interesting thing about Jesus' blood when it's shed, Jesus shed his blood through no fault of his own. And even those, uh, we see those in the world today that, uh, you know, die through loss of blood. In fact, uh, most death comes through loss of blood because the life is in the blood and when when your body is pierced and the life leaks out, then you die. So, but many have died through blood loss. But it may be a combination of others' sin and the fruit of their own sin. But Jesus was the only man who lost his blood through no fault of his own. So it was 100% others that caused his blood to be shed. It was no, through no fruit. Of his own. The Bible says, You reap what you sow. Many of us have reaped our own foolish decisions. I know myself in my life, I've, I've reaped foolish decisions that I've made, and I've had to pay the consequence for those decisions. But Jesus never reaped uh, any bad decision, He only reaped my bad decisions and your bad decisions. <laughs> That's why. When his blood dripped down from the cross, that he satisfied the demand for justice in the earth. Remember when the first blood was shed on the earth, that it cried out to God. What did it, what did the blood cry out? It cried out for justice. When Abel's blood was shed, the earth cried out for justice, cried out for someone to bring justice. And for 6,000 years, no justice came. And yet many had died, many, much blood had been shed throughout the earth, but no justice, only revenge. So we see just as Abel was killed by a religious man, His brother, Cain, was a religious professor. Right after he practiced his religion, his sacrifice, before God, he then turned to his brother in hatred and committed murder. We see Jesus came into the earth. He was killed by religious men. But his blood cried out, didn't cry out uh, revenge, but his, his blood spoke about reconciliation because his blood was pure. It was holy. It was without sin. So it satisfied the demands of justice. And what happened when his blood fell to the earth? It brought about freedom. Freedom for those held in captivity. And uh, it's interesting that you can read in Matthew 27... One of the results of Jesus' blood hitting the ground was that those who were caught in prison were set free. 
They were given bail. The prisoners were given bail and they came out. The Bible tells us that they came out from the earth and they went around to visit their families. <laughs> they walked around Jerusalem and I had the image of you know, a prisoner waiting for his trial uh, with no one to pay his bail. Some rich man coming with the money. And when a prisoner is given bail, they're given freedom, a certain freedom on the earth uh, until the day of their trial comes. And that's what the blood of Jesus achieved for mankind. All those who had died before Christ, who had achieved uh, the righteousness that God required for their season of life, were being held in the grave. They had no freedom, but the blood of Jesus set them free. The blood of Jesus paid a price that no one else was able to pay. And um, he will be our uh, advocate on that day when every man stands before the great white throne. Uh, I pray that Jesus would be your advocate on that day. So Jesus was faithful to go against every opposition because of his love for his bride, for the joy that you and I could be with him for the rest of eternity. That's good news. That's a good news gospel. Um, in Hebrews, just finishing now, if you could just bear with me for a few more minutes. In the last chap last verses of Hebrews chapter 11, uh, it speaks about the hall of faith and those men and women who had lived for God throughout the ages, that they had obtained a good testimony in verse 39 through faith, yet they didn't receive the promise. But God has provided something better for us. So that which they live for has been fulfilled through our lives, through Christ. That they should not be made perfect apart from us. So as we press into Jesus, and as we are cleansed and washed by his blood, those that have gone before us, life... Uh, makes sense and is fulfilled. So we should not ignore what Jesus accomplished. We should not ignore healing in our bodies. We should not ignore freedom from sin. Uh, we are free from sin. That is, we are righteous so the struggle is over. We don't need to struggle anymore. We don't need to fight against sin. Jesus accomplished sin for us. It's possible to go free from sin, just as Jesus walked on the earth. I don't believe Jesus had an inner struggle in himself over the temptation of sin. I, because Jesus was not a sinner. He was not born into sin. He didn't have a sin nature. 
he had the blood of his father in his veins. But for us, you know, we were born into sin. Our nature was sin. So after we've been cleansed, after we've been born again, we are made new in Christ. And our sinful nature has gone. We now have his nature. So the problem is, as we find it hard to get our head around that, we feel like we're still sinners. We are are not sinners anymore. We are righteous. We've been purified. We've been given a new nature, the nature of Christ. So Jesus' struggle was not an internal struggle. Jesus walked confidently in the midst of sinners as a pure, holy, righteous man. Jesus walked on this world without sin in order to set us free from sin. So we need to stop struggling against sin and start abiding in the freedom that he offers us. So the blood of Jesus is able to transform a sinner into a saint. Because Jesus' blood, when it was shed, it was not through any fault of his own. It was 100% the fault of others. We have to consider him. The struggle is over. In order to persevere, in order to overcome, let's focus on the goal that is Jesus, not the hindrance, not the opposition. And I see so many of God's people right now in this season focusing on the hindrances, focusing on the noise, focusing on the criticism, biting and devouring one another, pulling one another down, throwing stones at one another. This is a season we need as a church, as a family, to focus on Christ, focus on him. The reason why there's so much strife is because we've taken our eyes off him. So, Father, I thank you for your grace. We thank you for bearing with us, even though we have failed you, even though at times I have taken my eyes off you, Lord, I ask you would forgive us. Forgive us as a church for being so full of criticism and not being full of the answers. Lord, I thank you that you are the solution to this world's problems, Lord. Lord, we ask that you would give us another chance to display you to the world. Lord, I ask that the church would no longer be known for political demonstrations, for religious demonstrations, but let the church be known for the demonstration of the power that you gave to us.
Father, we thank you. We are not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation for every man who believes. Salvation, body, soul, and spirit. Jesus, we wait for you. Help us to discern this next season. Help us to apply patience. We give up the fight in our own strength and we choose to abide. We give ourselves to you. We humble ourselves under your mighty hand, knowing that you will build us up. You will lift us up. Lord, we commit the church to you, even though we're not meeting in person. Father, we thank you that you are building a church. Jesus, you are the master builder. You will build your church. And even in this season where we're restricted physically, Father, we thank you that you are working faster and more effective than ever. Thank you for the many that are going to come to, come to you in this next season, Lord. Help us to be ready for the harvest. Help us to be one. Make us one. Jesus, make your church one. Lord, we repent for division. Lord, forgive us for infighting. Forgive us for quarreling. We ask that you would put our focus upon you and our focus on that which is closest to your heart. Help us to be effective ministers of you to the world. Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you for the coming harvest, the coming revival. Help us to be ready. Help us to be ready like keen fishermen waiting on the shore, waiting for the, for the word to go. Help us not be like your disciples that were toiling all night, struggling, not catching one fish, Lord. Help us to wait for your command to cast the net onto the right side. We want to be effective for you. You are worth it, Jesus. You are worth it. You are worth our honor. You are worth our attention. You are worth our devotion. We love you and we commit our lives to you. We commit this church to you. We thank you, Lord. Amen.